You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. going to bring about justice for every wrong, for every wrong, including the wrongs been done to us and that we have suffered in the will of God. And in that day, every prayer that you thought maybe God hasn't heard me, God did hear you. And in that day, every wrong will be made right. And every prayer ever prayed in the will of God will be answered. God does and is answering prayers right now. If you surrender yourself to His will, every request you utter will be answered. As Pastor Danny will clarify in today's message, while some of those answers will come in minutes or days, much of the time the answers come much later and often in a different form than you expected. So have patience as you wait. God's will is going to be done and justice will be served in every situation. It may not be until after Christ returns, but it is going to happen. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark, chapter 1, as he continues his message, Persistence and Prayer. You know, I started with like 15 minutes when I first started having a daily devotional life. And I, I missed some days. That's just, I missed some days. Sometimes I overslept. Okay, that's just reality. But the goal is every day, what time tomorrow and what's your goal to daily spend time with the Lord. And I recommend again, try journaling. If you make that decision right now, then you don't have to listen to the rest of the message. My intention was to teach on intercessory prayer. And at exactly 1023, Saturday morning, (laughs) I felt the Lord lead me differently. And I trust I followed the Lord. He took me to Luke chapter 18. And it's a parable on prayer. A parable is a story from everyday life meant to teach us valuable Lessons. It goes like this, verse 1 of Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain place there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she will eventually wear me out with her coming. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, 
Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find this kind of faith? Because we know from the scriptures that ultimately things will go from bad to worse to cataclysmic and it will just be awful on this planet. And in the context of the parable, knowing that, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? It keeps crying out and calling out and trusting God and praying. Now, some real quick things. The unjust judge is not like God. And you could flip it around. God is not like the unjust judge. James chapter 1 tells us that he is a father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I hope you appreciate that, that God's not like us. He doesn't have a moody day, you know, where he's like, well, he's kind of moody today, so he's not going to be as nice to us. God doesn't change like that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. 1 John 4, 8 tells us very simply, God is love. I like to say, if you ever doubt God's love for you, just look at the cross. Romans puts it this way. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? We're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Paul said, all things are yours. The widow has an adversary. I'm probably not going to say anything that those of us that have been in good Bible teaching circles have not heard before. But just a reminder, sometimes we need to hear the same things again. We have an adversary. The widow had an adversary. Our adversary, Peter tells us, is the devil. And he roams about the earth and he's looking for someone to devour. He's looking for believers. He's already got unbelievers. And what does he want to do? Well, lots of things. Anything he gets permission to do. But he wants to rob us of our faith and trust. If he can get permission from God, like Satan got permission to get at Job, he wants to get at me just as much as he wanted to get at Job, and he wants to get at you. And when those things happen, and we go, what in the world is going on? Why this and why that? Then, then hey, we realize or we should, but sometimes we forget. Wait a minute, we have an adversary. We have an adversary, a real adversary, a real devil. Now, the widow ultimately gets justice, but we are not told how long she persisted before she got justice. We aren't told how long. But she persisted with the unjust judge. And finally, just to get her off of his back, he says, I'm going to just take care of her need and take care and, and get justice. Now, what's justice? It's making right wrong. Whatever the wrong is, make it right. We live in a world, listen, we live in a cursed world. We live in bodies that still have sin dwelling in our members, and there's a lot of wrong. That's the world we live in. Now, for us in America, we read that word uh, in the parable, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly, and we go, praise the Lord, it's coming tonight. In our microwave mentality, PDQ, you can get good food fast, quality food fast. And that's the way we think, don't we? That's, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, I don't like standing in lines. I don't like waiting. But soon, the Greek word translated quickly, sometimes translate, translated soon, it, it has two meanings, and it's used two ways in the scriptures. One means 
It's going to happen. It's going to happen soon in time. And the other is when it does happen, it's going to happen quickly. And here, when the Son of Man comes, that's the context. The second coming. Are you with me? Now, here's the challenge with God. It's something I love and hate about God. I don't hate God. I love and hate this, this truth. And, and, I, and you'll, you'll hopefully appreciate it, and hopefully I got some witnesses here. Because Psalm 90, verse 4, um, and then Peter talks about it, the principle in 2 Peter 3, 8, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. I love it, and I hate it. Somebody asked God, um, God, how long is a million years to you? And God said, well, a million years is like a second. They then said, well, God, how much is a million dollars to you? And God said, well, a million dollars is like a penny. Then they smiled and they said, hey, hey, God, could you spare a penny? And God smiled back and he said, sure, wait a second. <laughs> Don't you love and hate that? Said, wait a minute, I'm in my kind of second, not your kind of second. Paul writes in the conclusion of that letter to the Romans, and they were going through all kinds of sufferings with Roman authority, not being too kind to Christians, Nero. And he writes this in closing, the God of peace will soon, there it is, soon crush Satan under your feet. Soon. Days like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. But we understand, that's why Paul writes, you know, by faith, our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. And for all eternity, we're going to be away from all the sufferings and all the pain and all the problems, you know. And, and then we'll, we won't even compare all the suffering. And I'm talking about suffering in the will of God. I'm not start talking about suffering because of our stupidity. We all suffer enough because of our stupidity. I'm talking about suffering in the will of God. The widow ultimately gets justice. Let me take you to a fascinating and I hope encouraging passage, Revelation. Go with it. Go with me. Revelation chapter 8. Fascinating. The context is the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, his second coming. And prior to his second coming, a period of time, seven years, known as the Great Tribulation. And one of the things that God does in the Great Tribulation is pour out his wrath on the wrongdoing of the world. And he begins to bring about justice. And then Jesus comes in his second coming, and then he, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And in that context, verse 3 of Revelation 8, another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer, notice this, with the prayers of all the saints. Every prayer, every saint ever prayed in the will of God on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. What's happening? God is beginning to pour out his wrath on the world, and he's going to bring about justice for every wrong, for every wrong, including the wrongs been done to us and that we have suffered in the will of God, 
And in that day, every prayer that you thought maybe God hasn't heard me, God did hear you. And in that day, every wrong will be made right. And every prayer ever prayed in the will of God will be answered. Ultimate justice will be realized when Jesus returns. Do not misunderstand me. Is God doing miracles now? Absolutely. You listen to Keith Wheeler and his travels around the world, and you'll hear some miraculous stories, true stories. But Keith Wheeler, he has seen people healed to testify to the truth of his message about Jesus in lands where they don't believe the Bible, and yet Keith Wheeler has five children, and he has some real physical problems with those children, and no prayer at this point has changed their circumstances. One of his children is autistic. You explain that to me. You tell me why Paul the Apostle, who prayed for others and even saw people raised from the dead, and yet in his own life the will of God is a thorn in his flesh, and he prayed three times and God said no. And it was a messenger from Satan, the adversary. Ultimate justice will be realized when Jesus returns. God gave me a statement a few years ago, and it's so scriptural. Heaven will make right all the disappointments in this life. Paul said it another way in 1 Corinthians 15, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men. You see, one of the things that prayer does is it keeps our focus, our focus. And one of the things that we need to be focused on regularly is there is a very real spiritual battle going on. Ephesians talks about it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's not a better scripture to see that in reality than Daniel chapter 10. Daniel has been getting this revelation from God that he doesn't understand it's about the end time, the great tribulation prior to Jesus' second coming. Uh, it's next to and kin to the book of the Revelation. And Daniel begins to pray. He fasts and prays. And finally, one day, an angel shows up. Fascinating. You read about it in Daniel chapter 10. And the angel says to Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, in other words, from the first day you started praying, I was sent. But I was detained by the prince of Persia for 21 days, three weeks. The prince of Persia is a fallen angel serving Lucifer, but because all angels are created in ranks and degrees of power and authority, this fallen angel is more powerful than the angel sent to answer Daniel's prayer. And Michael a higher-ranking angel still serving the Lord is sent, and there's a battle in the heavenlies. And Daniel's prayer is the central part of that battle. And Michael wins that battle and gets the messenger through, and he shows up and he says to Daniel, I came from the first day you started to pray, but I was detained in the spiritual realm. Now, don't forget this. You say, well, why, why doesn't God just send the most powerful angels every time we pray? Because of Romans 8, 28. You say, I've heard of that verse. I should know that verse. Are you ready? Say it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Satan can't outwit God. 
even in the battle that it seems like uh, maybe Satan won there for 21 days. No, 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 no. All in the sovereign plan of God. Now that takes faith. Let me read you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before the beginning of time. None of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What is the wisdom? It's the wisdom of suffering in the will of God even to the point of giving your life on a cross like Jesus did. That's the wisdom. The rulers of this age didn't understand it. Satan didn't understand it. Otherwise, he'd never incited Judas to betray Jesus. And we're a part of that wisdom. Romans 8, 28. The things that God allows in terms of our suffering, the healing that he doesn't do, the thorn in the flesh that he leaves. For his purpose. And do not misunderstand. I believe in a miracle working God. And before I'm done, you'll see that. But we have to be willing to accept some unpleasant answers. Paul prayed three times, Lord, Lord, remove this thorn in the flesh. And God said, no. My power is made perfect in weakness. John the Baptist sent messengers, disciples to Jesus. Are you the one even John the Baptist doubted? That Jesus was really the Messiah. Why? Because he's sitting in a prison and Jesus is out and then he even sent a dear, dear John, we're thinking about you. Are you the one or should we look for someone else? Let me remind you, it was the adversary that God allowed to torment Paul in the flesh. It was the adversary that incited Judas to betray Jesus. Nobody thought the cross was a good idea. Nobody. Peter tried to talk Jesus out of it. And Peter said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Nobody thought the cross was a good idea. We look at it and we say, yeah, it was a good idea. That's because we look on the other side of it. Ah, but when it happens to us, whoa, wait a minute. And Jesus died on the cross, but hey, what? A, hey, come on. If he died on the cross, didn't that mean I'm supposed to be healed? Isn't, isn't healing in the atonement? Absolutely. Healing is in the atonement, but you may not get it until Jesus comes. You got to keep an eternal perspective. Asaph, great worship leader in the Bible, and even he, Psalm 73, he writes and he says, Surely God is good to Israel, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. What is feet of faith? He looked around at the world and people not serving the Lord and things were going so good for them, and yet he was going through some pain and suffering. He doesn't tell us exactly what it was, but <laughs> he says, My feet had almost slipped until. And here's what he says. You read it in Psalm 73. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. What was he doing? He was praying. He was praying. And through prayer, he got a fresh, eternal perspective. And he said, then I understood their final end. And he was reminded of their final end, those who are lost, and his final end, that every bit of suffering and pain would be worth it one day. And he got a fresh perspective. And as we get closer to Jesus' coming, you read in Revelation on more than one occasion, here's what it says. As things go from bad to worse, 
It says this will require patient endurance on the part of his saints. Patient endurance. I love what Mark Batterson says in his book, The Circle Maker. I know some of you guys didn't like The Circle Maker. Personally, I, I loved it, and I don't, think it's, I don't think it teaches prosperity, and I don't think it teaches faith in faith. Now, that's just, I, I didn't take it that way at all. I went back, and I've read it more than once. For me, it helped me. And all, to me, The Circle Maker says, listen, and I understand the whole, I'm not going to get into it. Honing the circle maker, not scriptural, not in scripture. I understand all that. But still, it, listen, if you know God's promised you something and it's tied to the promises of God, then you keep circling until God says no. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. I think that's what the circle maker said to me. And I love what he says there. Sometimes the power of prayer is the power to carry on. It doesn't always change your circumstances, but it gives you the strength to walk through them. Now, let me throw you the total other side in the last four minutes. Most of what I've said is you may not get your miracle. Keep praying, keep trusting, keep believing. Mark Batterson also says, our family has a handful of sayings that have been passed down from generation to generation. They are part of our family folklore. I'm not sure where this one originated, but I remember my grandmother repeating it more than once. You know what it was? You can't never always sometimes tell. I like that. Translated, anything can happen. While you look at others and maybe they're in the will of God and it's the thorn in the flesh that God says, no, my power is made perfect in weakness. No, maybe it's the suffering. Maybe it's the cross. But for you, maybe... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we want you to know, O king, our God is able to save us, but even if it does not, we will not bow. But he chose to save them. He chose to let them go into fiery furnace, and they came out without even a smell of smoke. And their friend Daniel, the same thing, willing to die in the lion's den, and God shut the mouths of the lions. God may shut the mouths of the lions for you. We serve a miracle-working God. Keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking. You may get a miracle. You can't never always sometimes tell. In standardized math tests, Japanese children consistently score higher than their American counterparts. While some assume that a natural proclivity toward mathematics is the primary difference, researchers have discovered that it may have more to do with effort than ability. In one study involving first graders, students were given a difficult puzzle to solve. The researchers weren't interested in whether or not the children could solve the puzzle. They simply wanted to see how long they would try before giving up. The American children lasted, on average, 9.47 minutes. The Japanese children lasted 13.93 minutes. In other words, Japanese children tried about 40% longer. Researchers concluded that the difference in math scores might have less to do with intelligence and more to do with persistent quotient. Do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And as you do it behind closed doors and if you do it in the lonely, solitary places on a regular basis... You'll over time take God with you through the day. And as you hear him in the quiet, all of a sudden you'll begin to hear him in the noise. And you can pray without ceasing. 
What a privilege. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Mark on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to stay up to date with the latest teachings and videos. Feel free to share them with your friends and family. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're in the St. Petersburg area, join us for our weekly services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. There's more to learn in the book of Mark. Pastor Danny will continue looking into this important gospel book right here on The Living Word.